Good morning. Today is Monday, September 20th, 2021. So tonight we begin the holiday of Sukkot and the mitzvah of sitting in a sukkah, about which the Torah says, Basukos Teshvu Shivas Yamim. In a sukkah, you should dwell for seven days, seven days in Israel, eight days out of Israel. And our rabbis understand from the wording of this mitzvah, Basukos Teshvu, to dwell, to live, doesn't mean literally to sit. It means to, to, that should be your living place. So our rabbis say in the Talmud, Teshvu Ke'en Toduru, you should live in your sukkah the way that you live in your home. Of course, <laughs> the rabbis mean in the positive ways. <laughs> there are certain things that we do in our home we might not be so proud of, but in the positive ways that we live in our home, that's how we should live in the sukkah. And based on that, the Talmud says, mitzta'er, if a person is very uncomfortable because of the sukkah, patrim in a sukkah, they're exempt. And the basic uh, standard goes like this. Let's say it's raining. So a sukkah, of course, doesn't have a solid roof. So if it's raining, water is going to come in. And so what you would do is you compare it to if it was happening in your dining room. If you were sitting in your dining room inside your house and there was a leak and a few drops were coming in. If the drops were so numerous that it would cause you to move to another room because it's uncomfortable sitting because the water is dripping from the ceiling and it's falling into your plate, then that same standard applies in the sukkah. You would leave the sukkah and go to another room of your house, meaning in inside. Or the same thing with cold or heat or bees or whatever the discomfort caused by the sukkah is, if it's a little bit of a nuisance or an inconvenience or you have to put on a coat, so you have to put on a coat. But if it's such that if it was one room of your house, you would leave that room because it's so uncomfortable, the halacha is that you leave the sukkah for that reason because we're supposed to treat the sukkah as if it was one of the rooms of our house where we are living that year, that, that, that this week. So, I want to share with you a halacha, a detail of Jewish law that I hope is never, ever relevant to you. The Talmud asks the following question. What about an avel, God forbid, a mourner? Someone passes away, the sitting shiva, of course, when Yom Tov starts, the shiva ends. So we're talking about a mourner after the period of shiva. It could be during the period of shloshim, the first 30 days. It could be during the whole year for a parent, God forbid. Do, is a mourner required to sit in the sukkah? So the Talmud says, of course. Of course, a mourner is obligated in all the mitzvos. The Talmud says, well, but what happens if the mourner is mitzta'er? The mourner is very sad. The mourner is very despondent. And the mourner doesn't feel like sitting in the sukkah. The mourner is, is too depressed and too upset to sit in the sukkah. Should the mourner be exempt because the standard is mitzta'er, a person who is uncomfortable in the sukkah goes inside? So maybe the mourner under those circumstances would go inside. The Talmud says, no, that which we say 
that mitzdayer, a person who is uncomfortable, is exempt from sitting in the sukkah, means they're uncomfortable about something that comes as a result of the sukkah itself. It's too hot. It's too cold. There are bees. It's something about the sukkah that makes a person uncomfortable. If a person is uncomfortable just because there's something going on inside themselves, avalhacha ihu he, this mourner, is upset from something that is coming from them, he should calm his mind. And he's still obligated to sit in the sukkah. What does that mean? He or she should calm their mind. What does that mean? Rashi says, Chova alav, a person is obligated to settle themselves, to calm themselves, to will themselves to be able to sit in a sukkah. Meaning, if a person is in a situation, it could be mourning, God forbid, it could be some other situation, and a person doesn't feel like sitting in the sukkah. It's just, I'm not in the mood, I don't, I don't feel like it. Rashi says, you have to push through. There are a lot of things in life that we don't feel like doing a lot of things in life that we would rather just go to go to bed and 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 and, and pull the covers covers over our head and 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 ignore. But you gotta you gotta push through, right? The mitzvah is the mitzvah. You have to push through. So even though a person will be uncomfortable because of their sadness, they still have to sit in the sukkah. Okay, the ritva which is another medieval commentary, says something quite different and something that is relevant not only to a mourner, but to every single one of us. The Ritva says what the words of the Talmud mean are a person who is upset about some external cause because they're in mourning or some other reason. He should calm himself through sitting in the sukkah. In other words, the sukkah will bring comfort to a person who is despondent over having lost, God forbid, a relative or any other sadness or difficulty or struggle in life that makes a person feel, I'm just not in the mood, I'm not up to it, I don't feel like it, the sukkah will soothe that person. The sukkah will help that person. How does that work? Rabbi David Sperling shares the following understanding. When I sit in my sukkah and I look around me, I see the roof is not solid. It's cracked. I see that the walls are temporary they're not exactly straight. It's a little wobbly. I look around the sukkah and I know that my world is a little wobbly. My life, my world is incomplete. There are things that are not straight and strong and upright exactly as they should be. And then I look through those holes in the ceiling, the schach, the top of the sukkah, 
and I see the heavens. I see the stars. I see the completeness of God's grandeur in this world. And I am able to sense all around me the hints of a perfect heaven, of a perfect God. And I know that God resides above my sukkah. I know that God envelops me with his arms when I'm in the sukkah. And that's what comforts me. The prayer that we say every day during the season, which we've discussed before, the famous line, There's only one thing I ask for, God. Only one thing I'm trying to get to. Let me dwell in your house forever, God. The sukkah is Beis Hashem. It's God's house. And when we sit in the sukkah, we're not enveloped and protected by strong, sturdy walls. We're not protected by the material possessions that we have amassed and achieved with our accomplishments. We're not surrounded by any of that. We're surrounded by God. We're protected by God. We're able to see, to sense God's presence. And that's what comforts us. And that comfort is available to every one of us. It is what every one of us sitting in the sukkah should think about and should feel. Listen, please, to the words of Rabbi Samshraful Hirsch. The building of the sukkah teaches you trust in God. You know that whether men live in huts or in palaces, it is only as pilgrims that they dwell. We're only travelers in this world. You know that in this pilgrimage, God is our only protection. The sukkah is a transitory hut that one day will leave us or we will leave it. The walls may fall. The leafy covering may wither in the storm. But the sheltering love of God is everywhere. You dwell in the most fleeting and transitory dwelling as calmly and securely as if it were your house forever. Because you're actually being protected and enveloped by God. I've shared this with some of you before. An incredibly beautiful insight of Rabbi Joshua Schmidman of Blessed Memory. The requirement to build the sukkah, normally we build the sukkah, it's four walls. But the minimum requirement is that a sukkah is kosher if there are two complete walls and one little piece of the third wall. It only the, the little piece only has to be about four inches long. You could actually have a large part of it uh, open. Uh, when the weather's cold, it's not such a good idea. When the weather's hot, it's a pretty good idea. That's all you need. Two complete walls and a little bit of the third wall. Technically speaking, that's a kosher sukkah. Rabbi Schmidman points out that if you think about that law and you visualize it, it forms the image of an arm. One straight piece 
a second straight piece and a small third piece. In other words, Rabbi Schmidman says that the construction of the sukkah is meant to recall in my mind's eye God's loving embrace. The line from Shir Hashirim where Song of Songs, Shlomo HaMelech writes that God embraces us with his right arm. A straight piece, one wall, a straight piece, a second wall, and a small part of the third wall. Starting tonight, we sit in a sukkah and we feel comfort from whatever it is that's going on in our lives. We feel comfort resting in God's embrace. My friends, I want to wish you a wonderful day and a beautiful, enjoyable, calm, loving Sukkos. Look around the sukkah, feel God's embrace, and feel joy and feel comfort. Chag Sameach. I look forward to seeing all of you soon in person.